0: There's this word that is being spoken of continually in the news, in the media, in people's lips, in their ears, justice, justice, we need justice. And it is so true that we must have justice, but what we represent is a justice from God, a biblical justice. And I'm afraid that many folks don't understand the dimensions of that and what it means. And much of it has been kind of uh, mixed with the world's philosophies. So I want to take you into an instruction on just what biblical justice is, the state we're in. You know, we call this the United States of America, and right now we're we're far from united, very far from being united. It's being shredded, opinions, ideologies, political positions, warring factors, hatred, And I want you to know that that is the scheme of the enemy. And one of the things we can so easily fall into from the righteous and even the unrighteous is a spirit of prejudice and a spirit of anger between people. Even those who may be on a biblical point of view and a biblical reference can do it wrong, can have a wrong spirit And demonize entire people groups. And this is a dangerous thing. I hear it all the time. On all the sides, whether it's racial, whether it's political parties, or whatever, people will lump the entire sum of a people group and demonize them. Well, those Republicans. Well, all those Democrats. Well, those blacks. Well, those whites. Yeah, but those Hispanics. Yeah, but... Those this and those that, lumping an entire group. Jesus never did this. The only group that Jesus identified was sinners. And he came to save those who were lost. And so brothers and sisters, please, if you're going to speak justice and you're going to speak on what is true and right, let's not lump people into people groups, but identify those who need the Lord and those who need to walk after biblical precepts. What I want you to really understand is what's at work here. It's the hands of the enemy. These are pretenses and ideologies that establish themselves higher than Jesus, and we're to take them captive to the thoughts of Christ. What's happening right now in the book of Ephesians, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's in the realm of the spirit. That's where our wrestling match is. Now I know there are times you have to wrestle with people and ideologies, but let's not demonize and villainate people over the fact that they're motivated by demonic influences. Even Christians can fall prey to wrong thinking put in place by demonic forces that's why we have to continually renew our mind i want you to know in the scheme of everything that's going on right now you need to see with spirit eyes in the spirit realm to know what the issues are the physical issues are here present but they are motivated right now by three major influences a spirit of fear Through COVID, which has breached and brought in a spirit of anger and frustration, which is going to now come on the heels of another spirit that's about to take place, yet to be released, and it is a spirit of greed. We're moving from fear into anger. Many times anger shows itself because fear uh, debilitates people. Anger becomes the weapon and the shield for those who are afraid. Once anger gets developed, it produces power, and where there is power, people become greedy. And you will begin to see in the next phase of what the enemy is doing to our planet, to our nation, and to the earth, is that the spirit of fear has trapped people, now bringing on a spirit of anger, and when we begin to feel the economic tragedies that are going to take place because of COVID and because of this racial divide, we're going to see greed ramp itself up and we're going to have a real problem with that. But Christians are to act in a stable manner of justice through all of this. And that's why I want to show you and teach you, please be so careful, so careful where you stand, what your narrative is, who you're listening to, and please remember that all of it has to be under the scrutiny of biblical worldview. And so you've got to check your motive. You've got to check your own heart. You've got to keep checking against the Word of God and the Spirit of truth. This is essential for believers. And so we need to understand that. You know, right now, we had that horrific death of George Floyd. You've seen it. It was brutal. It was horrible. Should not have happened. And we need justice. And what's happened is it has stirred up a racial divide that has been kind of in, well, it has been in this nation from its founding, and it's a fault line that has always been ready to erupt, and we've got to overcome it, and how are we going to overcome it? With a solution that is biblical, a solution that is from God. That's how we're going to overcome it, and so we see demonstrations, we see riots, those are two different things, and yet they're getting blended with different personalities and motivations behind them. And there's much more to come. (laughs) Don't think this is going to settle down. Again, things are really getting ramped up, especially as we head towards the elections in November. This thing's going to go crazy. And the people who must stand for what is right and just and bring peace to this situation are the believers. We're the only ones equipped to bring the authority of Christ into this situation. And that's why I want to teach you about divine justice, righteous justice. Now, how do we define justice? I can't think of a better verse than Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Let me read that to you. He, God, has told you, O man, what is good. You know, there's a lot of folks who can't discern good from evil. But through the constant use of the word, the writer of Hebrews says, we are able to discern what is good and evil. God has told us over and over what is good. First of all, he is good. Second, he's told us how to behave and act. So we're to love the Lord our God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength because he's good. And we're to treat our neighbors as we, and love them as we love ourselves. That is good. These are good points. So the Lord defines it. He says, I told you what is good. So what does the Lord require of you? Number one, to do justice. Not to read about justice, not to have an opinion of justice, not to uh, state what justice is. We have a responsible to do justice, to live justly. I think of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who Who represented the law of God. And they followed every jot, every tittle, every. They tithed on their seasoning. They did this and that and this and that. But they were unjust, Jesus said, in the way they treated their parents and widows and orphans. We're to do justice, not just know it. We're to do justice. Secondly, we are to love kindness. Another word for that is mercy. Love mercy. Walk with mercy. Be forgiving. And the attitude we're to have at all times is to walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. In other words, there are times we have to stand up. There are times we have to be strong and not move from our position and be ferocious in the right standing of that place, but always humbly before God where He may correct us and we would be listening to what He says to do. Let's never let our righteous indignation Blind our eyes or deafen our ears to the rebuke of God in our life. Do justice. Love mercy towards people and walk humbly before God. This is what justice is. Now, let me help you understand. In Psalm 89, verse 14, the psalmist said this, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. So God sits, his character, his identity, his nature establishes and sits upon righteousness and justice. Those two arms and foundations of who God is, right and just at all times. God is so right and so just that he could not Deal with sin except through the law that he had established. And through justice, even his own son was put to death to appease the justice of God. Righteousness and justice. God is a righteous judge. He is steadfast in love and faithfulness. So his throne is established on righteousness and justice, and his heart is moved by steadfast love and faithfulness. Wow. That's why John said, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. There's the throne of God. Faithful and just to cleanse you, there's the love and the mercy from all unrighteousness. Do you see that? Now, the Hebrew word for righteousness. Let me help you understand it. The Hebrew word for righteousness, Zadok. Zadok in Hebrew means day-to-day relationships with family, society, dealing fairly with generosity, equity, and mercy towards others. It's a right behavior. This is prime justice. The prime justice is to behave right all the time. That's just So you don't cheat when nobody sees. You don't backbite when nobody's listening. You don't slander. No, you walk rightly before your God at all times. Always right in your attitude, in your character. This is who we are, brothers and sisters. And if you're not, the Holy Spirit will convict you and will identify you. And so this is righteousness, walking rightly. And so his throne expects the people of God to walk rightly rightly in all of their dealings and all of their attitudes and even their thoughts and intents of the heart. Walk rightly. Secondly is justice. Let me back up to that rightly. How many of you have been pretty upset with what you've seen on TV? And some of you have been motivated by different aspects of these issues. Some of you have been motivated by George Floyd's death and and how horrendous it was. Some of you have been motivated by the mobs looting and robbing. It's interesting the dynamic of different motivation that people have been stirred. But where's the righteousness? Are we so quick to blame? Are we so quick to identify? Are we so quick to have thoughts and intents of our heart that are not right towards people without the full information and understanding? Where would Jesus stand in these situations? Can you stand on the side of what is right? It's very complicated and complex in human relations. But we're to walk humbly and seek the rightness in our attitudes towards these things. Now, what is justice? The biblical word for justice is mitzvah. And it talks about divine law. And it means to acquit or to punish every person on the merit of each individual case. Regardless of race or social status or position or ideology, justice is blind to the situation of people's identities. It determines what is right and what is wrong justly. Secondly, It gives people their rights. Justice gives full rights to individuals, what they are due. It doesn't rob them of them. It doesn't steal from them. And whether the correct rights of what they are due, whether it's punishment or whether it's correction or protection or care, justice says we are to treat people rightly. In this country, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. That's justice. But justice is supposed to be swift and accurate to the crime. So we are to walk. So so what is justice? Justice is us as individuals righteously walking out our faith in Jesus Christ and justice being meted out in our choices and our decisions properly. And this is called rectifying justice, whether it's punishment or care. So there's individual justice we're to live by. That's called righteousness. And there is justice by which we measure and determine right and wrong. And that is rectifying the situation. So the Bible tells us just what that is. And throughout history, Christians have been the voice that speak for justice. They're the ones who have spoken and Eliminated slavery, and many people say, yeah, New Testament backed slavery, no, it did not. It changed slavery from the inside out at the heart of the issue man's heart, and it changed and was supposed to change, but yet for the hardness of men's heart, it lingered here in the United States longer. but other nations and countries it's still going on, but it brings justice, and Christianity has brought that justice for the role of women in, in In life and in the world. You might say it took too long, but if it wouldn't have been for Christianity, it wouldn't have taken place at all. And so it has leavened till it has come to a place of enriching culture and society with a biblical worldview. But we have turned from that biblical worldview. Someone who, one of our church fathers, Thomas Aquinas, established the biblical concepts of divine law. We believe that In nature, nature's law, we can see divine justice. And what he did is he identified the difference between divine rights and human rights. Thomas Aquinas said that there are five primary precepts of goodness for justice. Let me give them to you. The first one is life. And the preservation of life. Nature tells us that life is supposed to exist and it should be protected. That's what God says about life. We're created in His image. Therefore, life has value. Secondly, reproduction is essential for the continuation of life. And so we must protect life and protect it in the womb and preserve human life. This is the biblical justice. Thirdly, we talk about education. And Aquinas specifically said education to children. Because we need to educate the future generations on what is right and just. If we do not educate our children, our societies will crumble and fall. So we honor life first and foremost. We reproduce life to perpetuate mankind and thirdly we educate our children so that they will nurture the future fourthly we worship God because he is the highest authority that feeds nature and gives us what we need and last of all what is good and a divine right of God is law in order justice for all and it condemns evil Now, this is seen in nature, it is right, and it is proven to be what man needs. But something has shifted in our modern culture to where we've given up on God as developing human rights, natural rights, and we've shifted now to human rights, which is autonomous, individual, rights-based by your moral conscience. Here's the problem. If you eliminate God... What moral conscience do you have left? Where is your standard of justice? We have eliminated God from schools and education. We've eliminated God from the public square. And we have taken truth to be something that is no longer transcendent above us, but now completely relative to your truth and my truth. And now human rights is based on The number of opinions we can get. So the bully tactics are in place for human rights. That's why abortion is legal right now because it's convenient and we got more people to back it. Is it right? No. Is it harmful to culture? Absolutely. And so these issues of divine rights and human rights really promote a problem. So where do we stand in all of these issues? Stand. There's Demonstrate. Stand. Have a voice. Speak out. But do it under God's rules of what is good. Speak for life. Speak for human sexuality that is by God's design. Speak for education to children what is moral and good. Speak about God in the public square. And speak about law and order the way God has declared it to be. And when you're speaking with other people, ask them, what is your foundation for human rights? Where do you get your ideas and your basis for justice? Ask them those questions. Now, I want to quote John Locke to you. Here's another Christian uh, brother from the 1700s, and he was a Christian philosopher. He said this, If there were no God and no divine law, the result would be moral anarchy. Every individual could have no law but his own will, no end but himself. He would be a God to himself, and the satisfaction of his own will, the sole measure and end of all his actions. That's where we've been heading in these last hundred years. That's where we've been moving. John Locke knew this. And as a Christian philosopher, he wrote about this. And he said, you cannot give up on God. And he said, mankind, necessarily by the laws of nature, should live justly and rightly one to another. In fact, he put it this way. He said, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Does that sound familiar to you? That's where our founding fathers got the philosophy for the Declaration of Independence. This nation was built on the Christian tenets that by nature's law and nature's God, everybody deserved justice and rightness. So, Christians, you have a right to stand for what is right and just and to speak into these situations. But do it with mercy and humbly before your God. Do not denigrate, do not demonize individuals, but speak to the issues, brothers and sisters. Now, these are on our books. These are the laws and the ideologies of the American Example. The problem is, as they penned these lines in the Declaration of Independence and as they put it together in the Constitution, they failed miserably at the equal rights of all to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There has been a fault line in this nation in regard to racial equality, and it has been an issue that has continued, and it created a most devastating war that caused such calamity in this country and such a great divide, and we're still living on the fault line of this. We've never lived up to the potential of what we said we should be. So please don't trash, this is my point, but don't trash what we have. Let's, and we don't want to go back because we never got there to what we were supposed to be. So, Christians, steer the nation to what is already on the books, what is already in our hearts to do. Let's find the fulfillment of what we said the American dream was equality for all, for the life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness for all, under God's provision of justice and rightness. You can stand up for this. We've got the documents and we've got the Word of God. And so I don't have to stand with whether I am this political party, that political party of this uh, uh, angst or that anger or this or that. I can stand for what is right and just and do it passionately in a biblical way. So Micah said, you know and you've been told, man, what is good. So what does the Lord require of us? Do justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly before our God. So get involved, yes, but in this way. I close with this statement by Paul, Ephesians 4, 29. Be angry. There is a time that we're to be angry at injustice. There is a time that we stand up and say, no more of this, It is wrong. It is unjust. This behavior and this treatment is wrong. But here's the qualifier. But do not sin. There's the key to walking humbly before your God, loving and doing justice, loving mercy. We can be angry. We can cry out and say, no more of this. We can cry out and say, that was wrong, but do it without sin. The world doesn't know how to do that. And they need somebody to model for them rightness and justice without sin. So I can say what's wrong to a people, but not sin against them. Not judge and condemn them personally, but identify the actions and the acts that are wrong. So be angry, but sin not. And he goes one step further and he says this, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's a three-phase thing. Be angry. Come on. Get riled up for what is unjust. If we didn't, who would have stopped and changed the world to be more just and more right? The Christians did. So be angry. But he says, do it in a right way, in a righteous way. Don't sin. And as you're angry and you're doing it a right way, don't let this wrath last. Because he knows what happens when wrath and anger lasts. You can hold off from sinning. But if you let it grow into bitterness, you'll fall from the place of rightness and justice. So don't let the sun go down. Don't let it last. Let your anger be spoken. Let it be clear. Do not sin. Make your point and then walk humbly before God and work this through for people. Listen, folks. Our nation needs Christianity to rise up and walk humbly before God and speak what is right and what is just. Get your information right. Speak carefully walk in the dictates of God's justice that is what pure justice is by God's account and so I want to speak to you about this and pray for you some of you about the justice that God would have us to give let us bow our heads right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit oh God I pray that you would instruct and teach your church to rise up in righteousness and to deliver justice because these are the very pillars of your throne. But may we who do these things be humble before you, loving mercy and loving the lost and sinners and bringing them to the justice and mercy of the cross. I pray this heart and attitude in everyone. I pray right now for those who are so angry, those who are frustrated and bitter. I pray that you will turn to the throne of God and the cross of Jesus for the mercy of God to relieve your sin. If there's sin there, you can be angry, but let God soothe and minister to you a right way for justice. I pray for those who have been judgmental, those who are lumping people groups and speaking against them all in such generational sweepings, general sweepings. I pray that you'll have the mind of Christ to see each individual as a soul that needs Jesus. Let us go into the streets. Let us go reach the people. Let us confront them with rightness and justice, but without sin, with all humility giving our lives to win the lost. I pray for this, and I pray that you will minister to your believers through the counsel of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, please check your motivations, check your heart before God, and continue to walk rightly and justly through this.